You're listening to the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Football Podcast. What is going on, FA Nation? John and Pemby here with not Howard Bender, but James Grande bringing you the Week 9 Fantasy Alarm NFL DFS Podcast. Uh, James, absolutely a pleasure to have you back with us uh, doing podcasting. Obviously, you and I do a billion NBA DFS podcasts uh, during the season, but this is your first, our first NFL DFS podcast together this year. Uh, how things been going? Things have been going well, um, especially in DFS lately. Haven't been playing uh, as much, but I've really altered the process, you know. For uh, and you've everyone's heard Howard talk about it pretty much all week and his process on and and how he won a single entry tournament and then entered that same tournament in the million won twelve dollars and and it's really what my process has been too and it's been very successful um and uh, i'm just looking forward to keeping the train rolling with you and howard and the rest of fa nation yeah exactly i mean listen we we've gone we, not to be the dead horse we've gone over contact selection uh, a billion times now at this point and again like you said go check out howard's twitter from this past sunday uh won the 50 dollars single entry over on FanDuel for uh like a thousand bucks same lineup in the millie maker that had two hundred thousand people in it uh twelve dollars so uh finding those single entry contests finding those smaller field contests you know we're sure you know, you might not be able to buy a house with your winnings, but you can take that thousand dollars that you win next week and play a hundred dollar tournament where the prize is, you know, three grand. And you just kind of, you know, work your way up and and manage your bankroll that way and give yourself the best odds to win uh, by not having to go up against so many of these lineup combinations. These people that, you know, do the computer generated 150 lineup algorithms, uh, you know, and, and things that it's typical for the average player to get, to really have a, an edge to compete in. So uh, check it out there, uh, Howard's Twitter. And of course, like you said, James, uh, you've really started to hone in your process. And we've done the same thing and preached about it endlessly. So uh, everybody, I think, hopefully at this point, definitely has uh, that strategy going for them as well. Uh, James, before we can look over uh, the players, let's take a look at some of the high point spreads here. Um, in week nine, we have the Lions and Minnesota uh, Vikings, 52 and a half game total. Uh, we have Houston and Jacksonville at 50 and a half. Denver, Atlanta is at 50 and a half. Seattle, Buffalo at a slate high 55 points. Carolina KC at 52 and a half and Las Vegas in the Chargers 51 and a half. Um, obviously Seattle Buffalo. I think a lot of people are going to be looking to stack that game. Uh, any of the other game matchups with the high spreads, maybe jump out to you a little bit more. Sure. I think Las Vegas um, Chargers mostly. Uh, and then Denver Atlanta, probably the two that stand out to me the most. Cause I think there's a lot of value in those two games specifically um and some some really elite receiving um options in those games as well so i think those two uh, and seattle buffalo obviously like you said is the number one option on the board but uh denver atlanta and, and vegas uh, la would be the two that really stand out yeah i agree with you i, th- I think uh las vegas and and uh la is, is going to be a nice game to get some exposure to um, plus I know I like getting in that, that four o'clock action, you know, right. there's only, there's three, four o'clock games on this slate. Uh, give yourself a little bit of that late night hammer that like we like to talk about that late slate hammer, uh, and chase some people down. Um, let's start off at the quarterback position here. Um, 
you know, Patrick Mahomes last week uh, threw five touchdowns against the Jets uh, in a game in which the Chiefs were, uh, you know, nearly three touchdown favorites. The week before when they were big favorites, he only threw one touchdown. They, now they're home against Carolina, 10.5 point spread here. Um, you know, are you willing to trust Mahomes as a top price quarterback on the slate? I mean, you can always trust Patrick Mahomes. Uh, do I think that they rely on him as heavily? No, but it's always in the bag, as we saw against the Jets last week. Um, you know, Carolina's 20th against the pass in terms of DVOA, so it's not like they're very good. Uh, but they're also atrocious against the ground game. So I think this is a, a game that Carolina or um, Kansas City really relies on Le'Veon Bell and, and Clyde Edwards. Uh, Elair, and uh, I think Mahomes, you know, has a pedestrian 302 touchdowns, but I don't think that pays off his $8,100 salary. So I would prefer a couple guys below him. All right, well, let's take a look at some of those couple guys below. Now, obviously, we mentioned the 55 point spread there uh, with Seattle Buffalo. Uh, Russell Wilson, 26 touchdowns on the season, uh, four touchdowns against San Francisco last week. Uh, you know, Buffalo's defense really hasn't been that strong this year. Uh, I think the real question is, you know, who you're going to pair up with Russell Wilson. I assume he's got to be at the top of your board this week. So he actually, I mean, this is going to be crazy, but he actually didn't make my my quarterbacks coach this didn't week. Didn't make and, the quarterback coach. Well, you like, have to explain yourself here. So, like, obviously, Russell Wilson is always in play. And it, I always make edits as the week progresses. So he will be in the quarterbacks coach. Um, my original look is not something where I like to just add everybody. Um, but you know, it's Russell Wilson in Buffalo with the highest total on the board. I don't really think I need to expand on anything. Um, but I was also the two guys that he sandwiched in between, um, uh, Kyler Murray, who is against the worst run DVOA team in football. And, and I met, I alluded to it um if you guys listen to the anti-up podcast um about 200 yard rushers for arizona this week i think kyler murray is going to be one of them um i don't think he needs to really beat miami with his arm and i think he will but i I think that it's more on the ground and then deshaun watson is in the dream spot against jacksonville um so like yes can we play Russell Wilson? Always we could play Russell Wilson. He's thrown or scored 24 or more fantasy points in every single game he's played this year. And Buffalo's defense hasn't been great. We know there are deficiencies in the slot with Tyler and Tyler Lockett should exploit that. But for right now, I lean the other two. And it's probably just to be a little more different because I think Russell Wilson will soak up so much ownership. Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely love Kyler Murray. Um, and you mentioned, you know, uh, he's certainly capable of beating teams with his arm. It's not necessarily been his, you know, biggest strength. We'll say, you know, he's he's a little under two to one touchdown to interception ratio on the season. Uh, but it's the ground game, like you mentioned, where he's really coming through. Uh, on the year, what am I looking at here? He's got seven rushing touchdowns already. I In mean, seven games. Yeah, yep. like yeah, it's it's just absurd the the, the touchdown rate that he's running on the ground. And of course, rushing touchdowns count more than passing touchdowns. So uh, fantasy owners are obviously all about it. Um, Big fan of Kyler Murray this week. You mentioned Deshaun Watson as well. Uh, If you're looking to save down, they're coming off a bye. Both teams are um, off a bye. 
Uh, but I, what I like about this is more so there's like a big narrative sort of floating around Houston. You know, will they be making trades going into the deadline? You know, will Will Fuller still be here? Will Kenny Stills, you know, will Randall Collins? Like all these, you know, things were flying around Houston about maybe blowing up that team. And ultimately they stood pat. Um, and I think that's going to be, you know, good for them to put that behind themselves. Uh, they faced Jacksonville in week five in that game. Deshaun Watson, 359 yards, three touchdowns for almost 30 DraftKings points. My real question on this one is largely on the Jacksonville side. Uh, no Gardner Minshew. They have Jake Lutton making his debut. You know, is he going to be able to keep them in this game long enough to allow Watson to, you know, build up the yardage? You know, if you need a shootout game there, is he going to get you there? Or will they have too big of a lead? Will the defense score and and they run? So uh, I like Watson. I like the matchup. Low Will Fuller in this spot. Uh, I find him to just be a little bit more riskier than the other guys. Um, but still just, just a really... Uh, a really great play. Um, you mentioned, you know, no Russell Wilson in your quarterback coach. Uh, what about the quarterback opposite of him in this game with Josh Allen? Yeah, I mean, I definitely have Josh Allen. And and it's crazy because Russell Wilson's been playing at such an elite level and Josh Allen hasn't. Um, and, you know, $600 is not cr- a crazy difference, but it does matter, especially when you're uh, picking between like Tyler Lockett and D- DK Metcalf or, or, going up to get Stefan Diggs to pair with Josh Allen. And and it's really hard not to attack Seattle through the air. Um, they allow 40 yards more than any other um, defense in terms uh 40 yards through the air. Um, and Cam Newton threw 397 yards uh, against the Seattle defense. And that was with Jamal Adams. And that's the fewest yards Seattle has allowed with Jamal Adams on the field. So, I don't want to hear about Jamal Adams making that big of a difference through the pass passing game because it hasn't at all. So uh, I think Josh Allen gets on track here against Seattle. I think Seattle um, helps everybody get back on track. And and I think we can see uh, one of those 30 burgers that he put up earlier in the year. Yeah, I mean, I think then he also adds a little bit of rushing as well, which right. I like, you know, if he uh, you know is lacking maybe a little bit in the passing, his ability to scramble uh, helps here. Um James, I really like this 6K range here on DraftKings. I think there's a lot of talent, a lot of potential upside here. We have Justin Herbert at 68K. Big Ben in that dream matchup against Dallas at 65. Uh, Matt Ryan, 6,400 home against Denver starting uh, to turn things around for himself. Uh, How would you rate those quarterbacks? So I think um, I would go Herbert, Ryan, Big Ben. I think Big Ben is my fate of the week. And I, again, I don't like what we saw from him on the sidelines last week. I don't like that he hasn't really shown us anything. Um, I mean, we've only seen him top 300 yards once. That was in week two. Um, He hasn't given us more than 15 DraftKings points in each of the last three games. And Dallas really struggles against the run and this could be a, a game where Pittsburgh runs the ball 25 to 30 times with James Conner and I just don't love Big Ben here I get it against a bad Dallas team but uh, their deficiency is against the run so uh, that's why I'd probably put Herbert and Ryan I mentioned I like Herbert quite a bit or I like this game quite a bit um, Las Vegas is 29th in uh at 27th rather in past D de- against uh, in past DVOA. 
So it's really hard not to like Justin Herbert and all the touchdowns he's throwing and, and the yards, obviously. Um, and and I think Matt Ryan is really sneaky, and I think Matt Ryan's going to fly completely under the radar um, this week. And and I would prefer if Calvin Ridley plays. And I think we're going to find out a lot on Friday whether he practices or not. And Russell Gage also is now questionable. Um, but he's really good at home, and he's always been really good at home. He's always really good with Julio Jones. Um, and, you know, Denver isn't great against quarterbacks averaging or allowing over 20 fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks. Um, I think Matt Ryan could get closer to 30. I think uh, Denver could shut down Todd Gurley or Todd Gurley here and, and force Matt Ryan to throw a lot um, in a dome. He loves to do that. And so I really think Matt Ryan's a, a sneaky tournament play that you're going to get at like 5% because let's face it, this quarterback position from top to bottom is loaded. Yeah, it's a good it's a good position. Um, I'm big on Herbert. Uh, I've been riding him the last couple of weeks at, at pretty low ownership too, um, and I don't really understand it. You know, pretty much, uh, you know, since week four, he's had three or more touchdowns in every game uh, that he's played uh, the last three weeks. No less than 34 pass attempts, 43 pass attempts on the dot each of the last two games. Completion percentage has been there. The touchdowns have been there. He runs a little bit. And like I said, you know, I tweeted out last week when he started throwing to Mike Williams, I was all it's getting all giddy. I'm like, ooh, if he's <laughs> going to start throwing to another receiver and give him, you know, a defense is something else to think about. Look, God, I mean, Mike Williams, huge downfield threat. We know Herbert has the arm. If defenses now have to worry about going over the top, well, Keenan Allen's go underneath. Uh, I think there's just a great upside here for Herbert. Um, he's probably going to be one of my primary, if not the primary quarterback in my lineups. Uh, this week, I'm just I'm definitely fanboying a little bit uh, over over Justin Herbert. Uh, I think there's just a ton of talent there. Um, I would still go Big Ben. You know, I, I mean, to your point, it's not wrong, right? Like the yardage hasn't really been there. The touchdowns uh, have were there earlier on in the year, um, but like you've said recently, uh, the production is is tailed off. They've ran the ball a little bit more. Um, but it is Dallas still. So I, I think I'll certainly still have my Big Ben shares. Um, I love the Connor call, and, and he's one of my top running backs. Obviously, we'll touch upon that uh, when we hit the running back position in a second. But, uh, you know, I still think Big Ben, you know, with Claypool and Juju's starting to pick it up. And if Deontay can stay healthy for a game, the uh, you know, they can definitely do some damage there. Um, cheaper than 6K for me, Derek Carr going up against his Chargers defense is is a spot that I really like. Brian Edwards finally returned, got full practices in. Now, I don't think they're going to, you know, use him a ton. You know, I think they're going to work him in. But uh, as you and I pointed out on Twitter in the conversation we had back and forth, and, and your point was, you know, Carr has been very undervalued and he's really been doing it with no weapons. Ruggs has been hurt off and on. You know, Edwards has been out all season. He's been throwing to Nelson Aguilar, making him a thing. And obviously Darren Waller. Um, you know, completion percentage is strong. Touchdown interceptions is strong. Uh, and 5,700 here uh, against the Chargers defense that has just been blowing leads uh, consistently, uh, you know, all season long. Uh, they just made a trade in their secondary. Uh, also, the, the Jettison out, uh, one of their uh, former all-pro players. So, uh, for me, I, I like card 5,700 here. Yeah, Desmond King, who yeah. is pretty good. Um, they're allowing... 24.4 DraftKings points per game to opposing quarterbacks, they being the Chargers, and that's the fourth highest um, number in the league. So uh, you just throw away that Browns game, too, that Carr had, because 
let's face it, we, yeah, the wind, we, the know. wind, like it doesn't matter. I mean, he puts up 20 fantasy points in every game. Um, and this is a, and this is a game where I'm expecting it to be back and forth with Herbert throwing. So like, you know, I don't think they can rely on Jacobs running the ball 35 times. Do you think that like I, my assumption, like if you're like just talking uh, like draft percentages or rather ownership, whatever, um, whichever you want to call it would, I mean, the ownership probably funnels to like Wilson, Allen Watson, but I think Derek Carr could be pretty chalky and a nice little cash game spend down. Yeah. I, I, listen, I, I again, I've, I was in on Carr and seasonal, uh, I just liked the uh, what he had been doing, and he's just continued that. So, um, you know, I don't think a lot of people will be on car. I agree. I don't think many will be going looking to spend down at fifty seven hundred here. Um, you know, I, I think they have that six K is appealing, like you said. Uh, the allure of spending up for a guy, a t- uh, you know, fifty five over under game, but Seattle Buffalo, I think, will draw a lot of ownership in in that direction. Yeah, exactly, and and um. I'll admit, you know, li- here live that I was wrong about Derek Carr. <laughs> I wasn't asking you to admit that you were wrong. I just wanted everybody to know that I was right. So, <laughs> okay, well, you know, that's, you know, I, I, okay, I take it back, and you just take take the spotlight. Yeah, I'll take the spotlight. Uh, we mentioned Drew Locke already. I'll let you kind of expand upon him. Why we're, you know, we're both kind of uh, intrigued at least, and he's only fifty two hundred dollars this week. Well, I mean. Atlanta is allowing 322 passing yards per game. They rank 31st in DVOA against the pass. Um, and like you just said, he is free. Like we are, they're begging us to play Drew Locke and all his dances on the sidelines. Um, and Atlanta has 13 sacks as a team um, this year, which is the 10th fewest. I actually can't believe there are nine teams with less sacks than that. 13 is is uh is very low for this. I think the Steelers had 13 sacks like in two games this year. <laughs> yeah, um, and they're at home. They registered. <laughs> right. So um, if Drew Lack holds up in the pocket, he is comfortable and he has very good weapons on the outside, whether Tim Patrick plays or not. I know Tim Patrick got in the limited practice, but um, we saw Jerry Judy, Noah Fant, really active last game. So um I, it's really hard not to like Drew Locke in a tournament, 5,200 um, against a really... And again, I like Matt Ryan, so obviously I like Matt Ryan's weapons as well. I think this game is extremely stackable, and I think it has tremendous value across the board. Like, we're talking Drew Locke, and then Atlanta pass catchers, or even Denver pass catchers. Yeah. Um, so I think there's a lot of value in this game, and that will allow you to spend up and get the Dalvin cooks or, or the Metcalfs and Stefan Diggs. So like, I think it, there's a lot of merit in playing drew lock at this price tag. Yeah. Uh, Atlanta ranks uh, 29th in DVOA against the pass. So uh, not, not good. Drew lock back to back games at 40 passing attempts. So uh, they're letting him sling it. Uh, and we actually had, you know, again, a real solid game last week, three touchdowns uh, against the Chargers. We'll see if he can keep it going. Uh, running back position here, James. Christian McCaffrey expected to return um, $8,500 is, you know, the cheapest we've probably seen McCaffrey in a year and a half. So uh, are you worried at all about him maybe being limited? Uh, the matchup against Kansas City being big underdogs. Uh, is anything kind of holding you back from being interested in McCaffrey this week? I don't know. I mean, Kansas City 
lets people run the football. So if they just turn around and hand the ball off to McCaffrey, there shouldn't be a problem. The issue lies, will he catch and be effective in the passing game? Because uh, that's really where Kansas City focuses their defense. I don't know. 8500 is really appealing. You mentioned it. It's not like we're going to see this price tag for very, for very long. So I think it's fine. I think I'd rather go elsewhere, but like if you're spending down on a Derek Carr or Drew Locke, I think it's I think it's more than fine because I think you'll still be have enough salary in other spots to like spend up on an elite receiver that you want this week. Is it really chasing the points on Dalvin Cook if he's facing Detroit? <laughs> no, no, it's I don't think I don't think it's chasing the points on Dalvin Cook ever at this point because Dalvin Cook has been, I mean. He's been that good this year. He just hasn't scored four touchdowns in a game. Right. But like he's been yeah, that he had good 181 in, yards rushing right. in Tennessee. So in know. every game, he's been like pretty much that good. Just Once like, they remembered they had him. After two weeks, right. you aren't really sure, but then they figured it out. I, I'm really happy that they figured it out. I mean, I think we're all really happy they figured it out. And uh yeah, no, it's not chasing the point. And why? Can we just like what we should have prefaced it by saying like why is Dalvin Cook only eight eighty two hundred dollars? Why is the man who's on IR more expensive than he is? Is that right. I mean, yeah, he scored fifty one fantasy points at seventy five, and you know what? Let's let's just bump up seven hundred dollars um, against one of the worst run defenses in 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 the league. Um, 21st DVOA, and if you're looking at average DraftKings scoring, which is how uh, they work their you know OPRK rank, they're dead last. So like, yeah, it's it's it would be an all time upset if Dalvin Cook, you know, doesn't get get run here, right? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're definitely not. Re- I mean, I think they realize when Kirk Cousins threw 14 times a game that they have a better game plan, and it's turn yeah, around yeah, and, and you know they do. Um, does this put you off of Derrick Henry at all, you know, going up against Chicago? I mean, again, he is, again, one of the best running backs there are in football. You are getting a discount um, on him from Dalvin Cook. He's just as likely to do what Dalvin Cook did last week, this week, uh, even with Chicago being uh, a tougher defense. But uh, any any reason to not play, I guess, Derrick Henry this week? You know, it, it's one of those things where we always talk about, like, Yes, you always play A unless we tell you otherwise. Is there a reason not to play Derrick Henry this week? I mean, the only reason would be to save salary, I think. Like, if you needed the $1,000, you have two tremendous options directly below him. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and I think that's where everyone goes, right, John? Like, everyone's going to go to James Conner, and I think everyone's going to go to Chase Edmonds because everyone loves Chase Edmonds, and this Miami defense yeah. is the worst against the run so to be completely different i think derrick henry makes for a great contrarian gpp play it's just like it's just very scary playing someone who doesn't catch passes it just is it's just especially in ppr like if this is vandal like it's different i think you you can get away with it more but on DraftKings, it it does scare me if he's not going to catch a pass here yep that's fair uh, you you hit the nail on the head, though. I mean, uh, I think you're going to see a lot of Cook Edmonds, Cook Connor um, this week. I think people are going to be looking to spend down probably a wide receiver, and we'll touch upon that uh, in a second. I think there's some value at tight end and defense also. But uh, spending up on a guy like Dalvin Cook that can be your you know your 
your GPP winner, but then you're also pairing him up with two of the better mid-tier plays for sure. Um, do you rank Edmonds or Connor ahead of each other? Um, I would probably play Connor and Ca- I mean, I'd probably play both in cash, but like I'm more likely to play Edmonds in a tournament and Connor Connor in cash. Okay. Yeah, I mean, both are in smash spots. Look at it said. We think Pittsburgh, you know, they're two touchdown favorites. You can run on Dallas, and that, that's probably going to be the road that they go. Uh, and then Edmonds, like you mentioned, you know, no Kenny and Drake not practicing with the ankle. Uh, you know, Eno Benjamin's not going to come in here and steal carries from Edmonds. Uh, and they're home off a bye against a Miami team that's going to be traveling the day before. Um, I'm with you here. Uh, one of the worst run defenses in football per DVOA. Uh, Edmonds is, is a lock and load for me in all in all formats. Um, as we hit sort of the lower 6K to 5K tier, uh, any of these guys jump out to you in particular? I mean, yeah, Antonio Gibson. And it like we saw the breakout game before the bye, and then they get a week to prepare like after the bye. And, and the Giants' run defense has been good, but um, Antonio Gibson is just a special kind of athlete. We've seen it on a couple occasions this year. You know, we would like more than one target that he saw against Dallas. That was sad, but I mean, that also that game was out of hand. And they didn't really need to throw the ball; it was more just turn around and hand it off. So um, it's hard not to like Antonio Gibson at fifty eight hundred. Um, and then I think another guy who's going to get a lot of ownership is going to be Zach Moss after out snapping Devin Singletary um, and out being featured in the red zone. Uh, also averaging almost six yards a carry, which I think people anticipated Moss being more of a bruiser, but you're not just a bruiser if you're averaging six yards a carry. So uh, I think Zach Moss could be a very popular play here, especially in uh, Buffalo and and, uh, Seattle uh, stacks. Yeah, I I like both those calls. I'm also been big on the David Montgomery train. I know it's frustrating because he does, you know, he doesn't score and find the end zone and, and that definitely limits his upside. Um, but he is seeing like 90% of the snaps right now. Like they, they don't take him off the field. They don't have a backup running back that they use. The, the, the few times he's not on the field, it's because Nagy is deciding to put Corderell Patterson out there. And I don't, you know, that we can have that discussion forever about bad coaching in the NFL, bad play calling in the NFL. Nagy checks both of those boxes. Um, but I'm just loving his usage in the passing attack. You know, since that Tariq Cohen injury, uh, you're now seeing targets uh, for Montgomery where he hasn't seen less than six since week four. Uh, I'm sorry, less than five since week four, three straight games with five targets. Um, it just helps his fantasy floor. So I know at 5,700, maybe he's a little bit too expensive for those who, who are really looking for guys that will score touchdowns. Um, you know, but if he does find the end zone like he, do, like he did in Tampa Bay, um, you know, in a game where he didn't even really run the ball that well, he still gave you 19 fantasy points at 5,400. So I, I like this matchup against Tennessee. Tennessee's defense has not been good um, at all this season. They're giving up a lot of points, um, you know, and, and against the run this year, uh, they sit in the middle of the pack, uh, 17th against a run, 24th against the pass. So um, what I would like to see and what I'm hopeful for is that they'll start using Montgomery more in the passing game earlier in the in the, in the game. Uh, his threat to receive the football uh, just, you know, changes up the way defenses can approach. So uh, I like Monty at 5,700. Monty at 57 or David Johnson at 5,600? I would I would go uh, – see, the, the pro, I'm obviously a big David Johnson guy. I've been that all season. But he has just 
you know, I, I'm not going to bite and say that he's he looks old and slow because he's not old, but he either the offensive line is that bad that he can't get anything going um, or, you know, there's, he's just missing holes. So, I mean, I know against Jacksonville, uh, he had almost 100 yards rushing in that game um, a couple weeks ago, but the touchdowns are down. Um, you know, he's just recently starting to get more involved in the passing game. I think I would still... Uh, it's a coin flip for me. I think I, I think I would still lean Montgomery. I think it's they're both really good plays personally. I, I think I think you are right with the volume. I think they're both kind of volume guys because they are relying on David Johnson. Um, Romeo Cornell is giving him a lot of looks. Yeah, he, almost more than he was getting earlier in the year. Um, Jacksonville twenty third against the run in DVOA, and they're. Actually, a bottom 10 team in receptions uh, allowed against running backs. So uh, I think David Johnson could actually have a pretty big impact out of the out of uh, through the air. And also something you mentioned, uh, just looping back to Deshaun Watson, if this game is out of hand, I mean, we could get a lot of touches to David Johnson sure. just via the run. So um, just to you know harp on that a little yeah. bit, if, if you do want to play that narrative, I think that plays into David Johnson's hand. Uh, how much ownership do you think we see on DJ Dallas this week? Assuming that uh, Chris Carson, who's a current true 50-50 to play, uh, you know, doesn't play. I mean, I don't want to play DJ Dallas. I, I don't know if you feel differently. Uh, I think there's a lot I, I feel like, uh, you know, draft percentage ownership, again, however, you know, your site is calling it, uh, is going to dictate some of that, though. Like, if you're looking for a spend down... Buffalo's run defense is one of the worst in football for whatever reason. Uh, you know, they just gave up 100 yards to Damian Harris last week. Um, and, and I understand that Seattle doesn't look to run the football, um, but DJ also had five catches in that game. So, uh, you know, it's 18 carries. If he's going to be involved in a passing attack, he found the end zone um, a couple times there. Just that usage, knowing that there's no one really behind him, I think it's just going to make it appealing for those uh, looking to spend down. Um Quickly, you know, if you want to compare him to other people around that price tag, uh, Justin Jackson's 4,900. Dobbins coming off his 100-yard game, 4,900. Gus Edwards is 4,800. Um, do you like any of those guys over Dallas, or how do you rank them? I mean, yeah, I love Justin Jackson. I, I think Justin Jackson is the guy. And, uh, I mean, we're seeing it on the ground, even though Tremaine Pope had those, like, random middle-of-the-game carries and, and all that usage. Jackson started and finished the game. Um, he sees a lot of work in the passing game, and he's explosive in the passing game. Uh, so I think Justin Jackson at 49, again, a new, another piece of that of that Oakland game, or Las Vegas game, rather, and Las Vegas 31st in um, DVOA against the run. So I think uh, we could really rely on Justin Jackson here. I, I don't think it's a, it's a trap. 4,900 is a great price. I'd rather I put him in front of Dallas. I would put Dobbins in front of Dallas, just pure explosiveness. He had 113 yards against the best run defense in football. People don't run against the Steelers, and Baltimore had went over 300 yards or close to 300 yards against them. Um, I think Dobbins is just a, an electric factory. I would go him over um, Dallas. And who else did you mention? I or, said Gus, uh, Gus Edwards. Gus Edwards. Um, Edwards had more carries. Uh, was equally as solid on the ground. Found the end zone back to back weeks now. I, I, I just like you. You take away those two touchdowns from DJ Dallas, 
Um, and he really had a poor game. Like, yes, he caught five passes, and, and that's nice, and he'll still get you double figures. But will the 10 points that he scores if you play him in, like, a tournament win you much? No, I don't think he has the upside as uh, Justin Jackson and Dobbins and uh, right. Edwards uh, says. Uh, Wayne Gallman, $4,500, looking good. You know, last couple of weeks, touchdowns in both games. Uh, again, it's not a strong offensive line, and, and Washington does have a good defensive line. Um, you know, how are you feeling about Gallman here? Um, I mean, it was a tough defensive line in Tampa Bay, too, right? True, and true. They, the Giants are, are committing to the run. I think you have to as an offense. Like, you have to be able to have some type of balance. So uh, I, don't, I don't dislike it. I, I don't love it. But I think it's a nice way to save a couple hundred dollars because I think that top of the of the wide receiver position is so good that um, it's it's worth it to save a couple hundred. Um, but I think there is some interesting value below him, dependent on the status of Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, I, I think that is that's probably fair. I think that's Would, a fair like. Assessment. Do you like? Would you consider playing Tony Pollard if Zeke like just didn't play? I mean, Zeke hasn't been good though, right? So like, what what are what's our expectations now of Pollard if he is starting, right? And I understand he's four K, so the value of a spend down's there, but like, huh, I I don't know. I would I would have to think about it. I I know that Baltimore just ran all over Pittsburgh, but um. You know, knowing Zeke's struggles and, and the upside of that offense is, isn't overly right. appealing to me. Right. Um, is there anybody else in this 4K range that maybe you have an eye on? I mean, I see on uh, on the sheet, you like Jordan Howard if, I guess, if Matt Breida doesn't play. And he's officially listed as doubtful, correct? So uh, He um, is. He didn't practice. I still see him as a questionable but uh yeah so that's the practice. friday status so like the friday practice will yeah be the end all about um matt Breida probably so i mean if matt Breida doesn't practice does, is jordan howard someone that you're interested in if we find out that he's gonna be the starting running back probably i mean right they're gonna have to run the football with somebody i don't think it's gonna be patrick laird uh or, or lynn bowden it's it's gotta be it has to be jordan howard by default so uh, at 4K, I, I think I could throw him in a lineup if I needed it. You know, like we, we at the very least, we know he's a capable end zone or red zone rusher. He had three touchdowns at the beginning of the year being, you know, used only in that role. So, um, but I'm also not expecting much out of Miami. So uh, value wise, I think he's someone that maybe you could go to, but uh, largely an unexciting play. Okay. I'm with you. I, I think I'd rather find a couple extra hundred to go to Gallman or the other, uh, the Ravens guys or Justin Jackson. I agree with you there. Uh, all right, let's go to the wide receiver spawn. A lot of talent, obviously, fortunately on this slate, we don't have to worry about rostering, uh, Devonte Adams who had himself a monster night on Thursday, uh, off the slate, but we do have DeAndre Hopkins coming off that by, of course, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett have traded monster weeks. Uh, Stefan Diggs, I think, will be one of the more chalkier plays of the slate going up against Seattle. Uh, where where are your top spend-ups here at wide receiver? So I'm not, like, in love with Hopkins. I think if you play Kyler, it's obviously it's a correlation thing. But Miami's 
secondary is super nasty. They went out and got Byron Jones for this reason. So um, I don't love Hopkins. Don't hate him. Um, I prefer Metcalf. I think in that game it's a shootout. I prefer Stephon Diggs. I think they're both elite. Um, I'm probably going to play a lot of Julio. I've been talking about this game in Atlanta and Denver pretty much this entire podcast. And if there's, I mean, we're seeing Julio get 10, nine and 10 targets the last three weeks with Calvin Ridley active. Uh, well, he left one of those, he left the Carolina game. Um, but I mean, we're, we're talking about a guy who's gone for 36, 24 and 18 fantasy points in those three contests. And, uh, it's a, it's a pretty good matchup against Denver pepper with targets. Um, at home as well. I think Julio's the the GPP guy of all those plays. Like I think you could play all probably Diggs. Diggs is going to be the chalky cash guy guy um, cash game play, and so is Metcalf. But uh, I like Julio a lot in tournaments. Yeah, Julio again, him being healthy uh, and knowing that Ryan just has that connection to him uh, is huge. Um, I mentioned Keenan Allen obviously earlier to me is like one right. of my lock and load. Uh, plays just every week. I'm glad they finally priced. Well, I'm not happy that they finally upped his price, but I'm like happy that he's finally getting maybe the respect he deserves. 6,200. Uh, like, how is he ever 6,200? 6,200 for, for two straight weeks, man. Just... It, it didn't make any sense. Um, so 7K now. I'm still willing to pay because I like Herbert stack. Um, Tyree Kill, Boomer Bust, you know, GBP yep. play. Um, you know, I, I was kind of kicking myself last week because I had. Tyreek in my lineup and then I flipped him for Lockett. Didn't work because it was a Metcalf week and not a Lockett week. Uh, so that kind of stung a little bit. But we, you know, he has that ability. He has that upside. The targets really haven't been there this year, which is kind of disappointing. Um, but he's, he's largely made the most of those when he has gotten them. He's found the end zone eight times already this season. Um, so well, only averaging 67 yards a game. So like you're really touched on, dependent on him, but uh, definitely boom play if you if you pair him up uh, with Mahomes. Uh, Allen Robinson against Tennessee. Again, I talked about how bad their defense has been. Um, you know, the targets have come down a little bit on Robinson of late, but he found the end zone last week, uh, which is nice. Um, you know, and we know the folds is going to go in his direction. Yeah, I mean, it's really hard not to like Allen Robinson. And, like, he just isn't targeted enough. It's it's almost like Nick Foles likes to spread the wealth, even though every time Allen Robinson gets the ball, good things happen. Um, I, I think he's another guy that's going to slip through the cracks and no one's going to play him. Because, But it, it's a, in a game script situation, Chicago is going to be trailing a lot against Tennessee. Um, Tennessee runs a lot of offensive plays and a lot of fast tempo these days, at least. And uh, I, that's going to be mean a lot of offense for Allen Robinson and the Bears. And, and yeah, I think it's hard not to love him. I think this this 6K range is is actually not great either this week. Um, so I think a lot of people are just going to bypass, like, Robinson and Thielen and just, like, move on down. And I think both those guys are uh, elite tournament plays. And, and, and obviously, Fuller and Lockett yeah, as well. Yeah, Fuller, for me, is one of my favorite plays this week. Um, as well, I mean, look at, I mean, he's got touchdowns and what is this five straight games? He's got a touchdown. So, uh, really, really helping himself out there. Soft Jacksonville defense. I I've gone back and forth thinking about Thielen all day today, because I know this is going to be such a heavy Dalvin cook game, but this is also a matchup where Thielen should just shred. So, uh, to me that, that is, you know, uh, maybe in a contrarian lineup, 
I would throw a throw a Thielen lineup out there because I think I think there's some upside uh, for him. If we're looking at the lower to you know six K range, um, you know if we think Kansas City is going to be sort of a shootout, you got to look at Robbie Anderson. Um, you know, eight targets again last week though didn't get a lot of yardage there against Atlanta. Offense was down in that game. We know the connection he has with Bridgewater. Yeah, I mean that game. You want to talk about weather on Sunday? It was a torrential downpour, and like neither offense was really moving the ball very well. Um, Bridgewater left that game. Who knows if he was like fully even healthy after that hit he took on yeah. Thursday night? Like he got cleared, but like I don't know if he should have been cleared after the hit he took. Um, so like, yeah, I'm perfectly fine going back to Anderson um, because, like you said, they're going to need to throw with Kansas City. So. Um, him and DJ Moore as well, who's, you know, $700 cheaper, g- probably just the big play ability that Robbie Anderson has. Cause isn't it funny? Robbie Anderson goes to a new offense and he's not the big play guy anymore, but like his whole career, he's been the vertical threat. And now DJ Moore is like that guy now. Um, but they're both just downfield weapons to have. So I, th- I think both these Carolina guys and, you know, Bring him back with the Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and have yourself a crazy day. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, any of these other guys uh, interest you in the 6K range? Uh, we talked about uh, or made a mention previously, uh, you know, Marquise Brown sort of calling out the team on Twitter, you know, saying, why, why, basically, why am I here if you're not going to use me? Uh, 6K against Indy, do you think he just gets, you know, peppered with targets here? Yeah, he could, but. I mean, you just don't trust him in anything but a tournament. And we still haven't seen that, like, GPP winning upside out of Hollywood Brown that we figured we would. Like, he had a really good game, obviously, against Cincinnati. But um, and I think he could, but just don't do it outside of tournaments. Like, you just play Hollywood Brown in tournaments. And you can play him naked. You don't have to pair him with LeBron. and I mean, LeBron, Lamar. Uh, basketball just came back, so it's you know fresh on my fresh on my mind. But uh, Hollywood Brown in tournaments only. Don't even think about it in cash. Alrighty there. Um, anybody else sort of in this range as we go below six thousand uh, dollars? DJ Moore. I kind of just you know retweet what I said about Robbie Anderson. I think Moore sort of fits that same uh, narrative. Brandon Cooks has looked good um, basically since his his goose egg uh, being more involved now. Nine nine and twelve targets. The three games, and he had that explosive game against Jacksonville, uh, 161 yards and a score, uh, only $5,500. I mean, listen, if you're going to Sean Watson this week, you're getting his number two wide receiver for 55, and you're getting his number one wide receiver for 68. That's a pretty good deal. Would you play them all in one lineup? So I struggle with the dual wide receiver, like full stack, because they can't all score points at the same time, and I find that to be limiting, right? Like I would definitely play Watson with one or the other, um, but I, it, unless you think this is going to be like a game where they score 45 and like they both get two touchdowns, it can help offset maybe production of somebody else. Um, I would, I would still go fuller, I think overcooks, but if I needed the salary, I, I really wouldn't have a problem going here. Who would you bring it back with? If you were to play Jacksonville, would you play James Robinson? I don't even see, I don't think I have to game stack this. And I know that we like to talk about game stacks and having to bring it back, but I've been burned by that before where I felt like I 
oh, if I'm playing this, I should have somebody really coming back and maybe moving off of a player in a different game that I was more confident in. I think Houston's going to win this game. I think Houston's going to score the points. I don't necessarily think Jacksonville is going to be a team that's going to be scoring a lot of points here. So um, I don't really want to go ahead and put Robinson. That would, I guess, ultimately be the guy you'd want to go to, given how bad Houston's run D is. But I don't think it's always necessary to have someone coming back. If you're playing Buffalo-Seattle, fine. You want to bring John Brown back or Cole Beasley back in a Seattle stack? Like, that makes sense, sure, because you're expecting a ton of points to be scored on both sides here. But I don't necessarily know if, if Houston-Jacksonville, if we're going to see Jacksonville really put up a ton of points with Lutton as their quarterback this week. And I'm happy you brought that because I think it's a strategy that should be deployed more and you don't always need to bring people back. You could actually play quarterbacks naked with no weapons either. A couple and, weeks ago, the Millie Maker guy heard, had Herbert by himself. Yep. Didn't play anybody else with him, but Herbert had 43 fantasy points and, and uh, yeah, I won the Millie Maker with it. So uh, it's true. You definitely don't need to pair up a quarterback uh, if, if with a receiver. That's, you know, it's just, you know, the expectation is if the quarterback's going to play well, of course. why not try to get the receiver? But that doesn't always break it. You know, we've seen Patrick Mahomes have big games thrown to the tackle, you know? So, like, <laughs> uh, and Tyreek Hill's standing out there with nothing. So uh, it can definitely be boom or bust at times, for sure. Um, you did mention Cole Beasley, and, I, you know, he obviously took a step back with John Brown, but uh, I think, like, <laughs> like pick a name out of a hat from the Buffalo receiving corps, and and they could possibly go off against the Seattle secondary. They could, so. and, and and you're getting John Brown a lot cheaper, right? Than Cole Beasley, and I don't, I'm not even gonna say like he took a step back because John Brown was back. John Brown didn't do anything in that game either. It was the weather related. They ran a ton. Sure, they basically only threw to Stefan Diggs in that one. Um, I'm a big Beasley fan. Love the targets that he gets. Um, but I do ultimately feel like if Brown is healthy and he went through full practice, um, I, I would probably be a better off taking darts with him because he's just a big play guy. Um, you know, he doesn't need a lot to do, to, you know, to get his, his work done. As we saw earlier in this year, um, he's just been hampered. And, and while he's getting full practices, you know, where is the knee? You know, was the knee at 80 percent? He's practicing full. Is it in 70 percent? Is he practicing full? You know, how close to 100 is it? Because uh, I, I hate playing a guy who's out there practicing and then, oh, it's it's tweaked, it's sore, and he doesn't, right. you know, he kills you. So Brian at 4,600 is definitely appealing here in the spot uh, against Seattle. And I think a lot of people are going to have Brown in their lineups this week as a dart throw and, and definitely in stacks coming back. But, um, you know, for a similar price point, you know, I, I'd rather go to a guy like Sterling Shepard, uh, who has gotten 18 targets the last two weeks. And, um, in my opinion, really is the number one receiver in this offense. You know, Slayton's perfectly fine, and I know Ingram gets a lot of targets, but it feels like lately, you know, the way de- uh, the Giants' offense has seemingly looked better, I think Sterling Shepard being on the field has a lot to do with that. I do, too. Uh, he definitely opens up the field quite a bit for Daniel Jones, and he's definitely a safety blanket that uh, I think Giants – fans and Daniel Jones were hoping Evan Ingram would be, and he's not. And Sterling Shepard has definitely stepped into that role. Also, I don't, he, I don't know if you saw him talk about his injuries before uh, Monday's game, but he was surprised he was even on the injury report. He like didn't even know the Giants listed him on the injury report, so I am not one bit concerned about any type of limitations at practice. He's He is fully healthy. Yeah, I like it as well. 
Um, I mean, even to that point, you know, Slayton himself was only $5,000, nine targets last week. Um, again, I, I, I'm not saying like call out a stack for the Giants, but I, you know, if you're looking for cheap receivers, some value, those guys do have some upside. It's just will Daniel Jones have enough time to get them the ball? That's uh, what it comes down to because uh, the offensive line held up against Tampa Bay. Will it hold up again against an even younger, fresher off defensive line considering Washington's coming off a bye? Yep. Uh, a player that I think is going to hurt me this week is going to be when I put Mike Williams in my lineup. <laughs> and he gives me one catch on three targets like he did against Jacksonville and not what that game was actually sandwiched in between. Um, and again, against New Orleans, Keenan Allen got hurt. Kind of explain that one away. Against Denver, Keenan Allen got a bunch of targets. Mike Williams got eight targets, five catches, 99 yards, and a score. I would love, 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 like I tweeted out, if all of a sudden Herbert starts throwing more to Mike Williams instead of giving Guyton his two deep balls, throw him to Williams instead of targeting Hunter Henry. And I like Hunter Henry five times. Give him more to Mike Williams. He's a very <laughs> talented play. Um, at $5,100, I think he is going to be in and some GVP lineups for me 100%. Yeah, and that's where your exposure should end in tournaments. It, it shouldn't extend to cash games, but um, I completely agree. I mean, we we spoke already on the Raiders in terms of DVOA. They're horrible against the past 27th um, against them. So, yeah, I mean, again, Justin Herbert throws one of the best deep balls in football. Mike Williams goes up and gets those deep balls quite a bit when he's healthy. Uh, you don't do you don't catch 48 passes for over a thousand yards if you don't uh for, that's what he did a year ago and he's a big red zone target so i love mike williams as well he just needs to stay healthy and and it's always a risk playing mike williams that he will check out of the game and not return that's sure. um but i also have a guy like mike williams that i think is going to let me down in a lot of lineups and it's going to be jerry judy uh who I, I don't think necessarily will let me down but like Man, I love to see the 10 targets. And, and we love Drew Locke, and we love attacking this Atlanta defense. And yes, Tim Patrick returned on a limited basis um, this week, Wednesday and Thursday. So obviously we'll see. But we've seen a lot of guys like practice limited this week or this year and then not play on Sunday. Like we've seen a couple times Deontay Johnson practice in full and not then like didn't play on Sunday. Yeah. Um, so I'd like to wait on the status of Tim Patrick before I like completely go in on Jerry Judy at 4,700, but I want to attack Atlanta's secondary any possible way I can. And uh, I love the 10 targets Jerry Judy saw last week. Yeah. 10 targets is great. Judy, uh, really talented route runner. Uh, just needs to kind of hold on to the ball. Had a couple of problems with drops, of course, quarterback play. Um, you know, not really fair to hold some of the down performances in the middle of the season against him because, uh, you know, look who is really the quarterback there while Locke was out. So uh, getting Locke back now, maybe they're going to rebuild some of that chemistry. Uh, last group I want to mention here is the Lions receivers. Obviously, Galladay doubtful. You have Marvin Jones Jr., $5,100, seven targets last week, two touchdowns, only three catches, though, for 39 yards and a tough game against Indy. The game before that, five catches for 80 yards against Atlanta. And then if you're not going to spend the $5,100 on him, you have a guy named Marvin Hall sitting there at $3,800 coming off a 113-yard game, seven targets. Hall's definitely going to be one of the more popular spend downs. How are you feeling about these Lions receivers knowing that there is no Matt Stafford in this game? Uh, like which Marvin is a trap, John? Which Marvin is the trap? That's the question. 
And I, it feels more like Marvin Hall is the trap at 3,800 because I think the natural reaction is like, oh, we get a cheap receiver at 38. We play him, and um, I might just fade the situation. That's fair. But I might Maybe just fade the situation. Chase Daniel is expected to be their starting quarterback. So Right. Like, we have Stafford on the COVID list, so, like, I would feel better about the situation if Matt Stafford was playing quarterback, and that's not what's going to happen. So I think I'm going to fade this situation, and if I lose to one of the Marvins or both the Marvins because Chase Daniel beats me, then I think that's a you know something I'll tip my cap to. All right, so I'm reading, I'm reading an update here on Stafford. Uh, apparently the earliest he could be uh activated is sunday but he can't travel with the team to minnesota so if he continues to test negative which he's done so far he could theoretically be activated and then be privately flown to minnesota for this game so that bears watching if if matt Stafford is all of a sudden active now how does that change things for you i mean obviously yeah, I would probably change things a little bit, but like how uh why does this have I covid sucks. <laughs> um I would probably still lean Marvin Jones just okay. for touch on upside. Fair enough. All right, let's let's uh, wrap this up quickly here. We got the tight end in the defensive spot to go over. Uh Kelsey, you know, has been the rock basically for us at tight end uh, the majority of the season where this position has been awful. Um, $7,200, uh, expensive. I don't really think we're going to be able to afford Kelsey unless we're really playing these receivers that are under 5k. Um, nothing against him. I just don't think it's where I'm going to be going this week. Um, I like Waller. Uh, mm-hmm. I like Noah Fant, especially this week as my top tight end going up against Atlanta. You look at the game logs. The only tight ends that haven't done anything against Atlanta has actually been the same tight end and Ian Thomas. Carolina is the only team that hasn't put up fantasy production against Atlanta from the tight end spot. Uh, we already liked your lock cheap. Uh, if I was to do a lock stack, I'd be pairing him up with Noah Fant. Yeah, it's hard not to like the volume. And it's been all year long. And he, early in the year, he was getting to the end zone too for, you know, a couple injury problems with himself and the quarterback. So uh, I love Noah Fant. I, I love Darren Waller and I agree with Kelsey. Um, I think Hawkinson is fine too. He's been really consistent, uh, at least scoring touchdowns. Even, but again, I think that comes down to probably Stafford playing. Uh, yeah, and then, if Stafford plays, I like I like Hawk a lot more. Chase Daniel, you know, career backup for a reason. Right. You know, you know I know Minnesota's pass defense is that bad, but uh, I don't see Chase Daniel all of a sudden, you know, slinging the rock. So uh, I'm I'm down on him. Talk to me about Evan Ingram. Obviously, we've touted him a lot at Fantasy Slam. Andrew Cooper, tight end whisperer in training, has been all over him all season. We just have, like, yet to get that game out of him. We get the targets. He's been close a couple times. He's had some big drops. 19 targets over the last two weeks. Is this a spot where we can play him? It can be, but it's not like the drops haven't been a thing. The drops have always been a thing for Evan Ingram. It's as much as the injuries have been. So uh, that shouldn't really be a shock to anyone and i i think he's a good play obviously we like the volume obviously we like the fact that he's 
you know, seeing the ball on the ground sometimes. Like Washington is a bottom 10 team um, in terms of fantasy points per game against tight end. So I think that's fine. Um, but like, I personally would rather go $300 down and play Hayden Hurst, who could potentially be without Calvin Ridley with no Russell Gage. And then like he has the path as the clear number two option in this passing game. And he's put up double figures in three straight games. He's only 4,100 and we don't get tight ends in fantasy consistently putting up 10 plus points. So um, as much as I think Ingram's in a good spot, I find myself in the builds that I've already made playing Hayden Hurst over him currently. That's fair. Um, If I had to go a valued guy here, um, I'm just going to throw Jordan Akins out full participant, finally returning from concussion. Um, you know, he is their sort of their pass catching tight end. I know Darren Fells sometimes finds the end zone and had some good success while Aikens was out of the lineup. But at 3,300, if you're just looking again for a dart throw, a spend down, and we kind of talked about, um, you know, one of our fantasy alarm, uh, FA members of Memory Nation, uh, you know, talked about how he spends down a tight end all the time, right? Like he, he won a thousand dollars this past week, uh, in the four dollar 20 max. Uh, he had a $2,500 tight end that I think got him zero. Drew, I mean, it was Drew Sample. Yeah, he Drew played Sample, like Drew Sample. Got, got him zero points. He still won a grand um, in that lineup. Uh, so, I mean, Aiken, $3,300. You know, it's not going to kill you if he does nothing. But if he catches a couple passes, the upside's there. I mean, he was dominating the snaps over Darren Fells, uh, especially, and the routes run, too, before his injuries. So, yeah. injuries, I should say. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think that's a great play. Also, I'm surprised you skipped over Logan Thomas against the Giants. Just the, the Giants I suck. Kyle Allen that much. Well, Kyle Allen has really looked for him in the red zone two weeks in a row with a touchdown with Kyle Allen at the helm. Yeah. One coming against the Giants who do not cover tight ends well. So look at what I.E. Gronk last week in just the second half alone. True. That, that is very true. All right, defense is here. Um, Steelers D 4,900. They're so expensive, but I mean, <laughs> how do you not think that they just dominate, right? Like this is, they're, they're just too good against an offense. That's just been so bad. Yeah. I'm just not going to play defense for 4,900 period. It's hard, right? Like I'm just not playing a defense for 4,900. Like you can see them with no offensive line. You can see, you know, them getting turnovers, touchdowns, like forcing interceptions. Like those to me, I agree. I struggle paying that much for defense because it means you're, you know, uh, paying a thousand dollars more than everybody else where you have to get spend elsewhere. But, um, you know, they're priced up like that for a reason. Um, what other defenses do you like if you're looking, uh, you know, where you're going this week? Um, Washington. I think there's tremendous sack upside with Washington and, and we know how, uh, turnover prone, uh, Daniel Jones can be so I like Washington um, I don't like I don't think a single person plays Houston and I think that they can present problems for Luton who you know in their one game against each other this year and that was with Minshew at quarterback he was sacked four times I don't I think JJ Watt could really cause a problem um, I, I think they're going to be like extremely underowned. Um and then I'll let you take. And then I know you have a, a couple good ones um, that you can go ahead and play. Yeah, I do like the Cardinals a lot. I talked yep. about this um, already this week a few times. Um, they're twenty nine hundred dollars. I love that they're home off a buy. To me, 
Um, you know, last week I called Miami for a very similar reason. Um, and obviously Miami is 2,400, a much better value, but I love that they were home off a bye. I felt like they would be prepared. Uh, I didn't think the Rams were really that good of a football team, that the fact that they had to travel due to the COVID restrictions, you know, the night before, basically, um, you know, and, and for all those reasons, you know, you have it set up where Arizona's home off of a bye. Miami's coming in now. They're without their, you know, their top two running backs, essentially. They have a rookie quarterback who didn't have to throw the football last week because their defense did everything. So I don't think that's going to be the case this week. I think that two has a uh, potential to get exposed in this game. Um, and I think Arizona could really be a team um, that gets it done. Now they're without some top plays too. You know, no Chandler Jones, their leading sack guy and Patrick Peterson hasn't been uh, the same type of player, but recently they've been playing a lot better defense, three picks against Russell Wilson, two sacks uh, against Dallas. They had a bunch of turnovers there. Um, so I think, I think this is a good spot to spend down again on defense at 2,900 and go with the Cardinals. Yeah. I mean, just poor Tua, like no running back either. Like he's going to have such a tough time here. Um, I'll throw one out to you and you could just say yes or no. And I, it, we don't need to expand on it much. If Detroit has no Matthew Stafford, how about the Vikings at 2,400? I will say yes. Okay, I'd be, cool. I'd be willing to go there if they it's, have no Stafford. Because they have been horrible. But no Matthew Stafford I, and, like, an unreliable running game and a bad head coach in in Detroit, like, I think Minnesota could be really sneaky. Like, the not the Miami of last week, but, like, 2,400 is lets you do a lot more in, with your lineups. I agree 100%. Uh, all right, everybody, that wraps up our Week 9 NFL DFS preview uh you can get us obviously on twitter uh, at jampemba777 uh james of course at the underscore real underscore grande get him there we're both in subscriber chat uh you can get us uh on sunday you have howard and jen piacenti from 11 to 12 on the fantasy alarm live stream uh from 11 to 1 right up until roster lock you have myself ryan hallam and sean mitchell answering your questions in our fantasy alarm chat, uh, get you ready, get you prepared to cash in your contests. Don't be shy. Hit us up with your questions. FA Nation is always here for you. But that does it for us. We'll talk to you guys next time.